0: tuning in to the New Vision Podcast. Our prayers that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. We've been in a series since the beginning of this year, which is crazy that we're already in the third week of 2021. It feels like we're just kind of starting. It's going to feel like that. I I know I'll probably say that probably once a month, like, man, it doesn't feel like it's this far into the year. I mean, pretty soon we'll be celebrating the back-to-back Super Bowl championship that the Chiefs will have. And we'll be like, man, it feels like we just won last year, but we just won again. Hopefully, don't. Jesus, come on. I know. I know he doesn't. He doesn't really care about football, but man, I hope that he cares about me enough that uh, football will be important to him. I don't know. Um, but as we've been uh, in this series called With You, we have been following the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. And here's what we know about Joseph so far. Maybe you, you haven't been here or watched online. Let me tell you a little bit about Joseph. We see his story begin in Genesis 37, and we find out that he's one of Jacob's sons. He's actually the favorite, which doesn't help him with his older brothers because he's not an older brother. He's the second youngest. And they don't like him because he is the favorite. He wears this coat either of many colors, or it's a long sleeve coat, which basically means he doesn't have to work as hard as they do because he is the one that the promise, the heir to all that his dad has. So they don't really care for him. And then God gives him this incredible dream, not once but twice. And in this dream, he feels like... God is telling him that his family will bow down and worship him or kneel to him or something. He will be the leader of his family. This doesn't help his brothers want to hug him. It actually makes them want to punch him. It works opposite for him. But what we see in his story is something incredible. Because as his story unfolds, we get this constant reminder, this constant theme that God is. Is with him. God is present through every moment, every dream, every twist, every turn, every step. God is with him. And this isn't just a promise that God made to Joseph and his family. We see in the New Testament, Jesus make a promise to his disciples, the followers of him. That includes us, where he tells him that I will be with you always, even until the ends of the earth. That means this, that he will never forsake you and he'll never leave you, and he'll always be with you, and he's with you, and you, and you. He's with me. He is with us. It's not just something that we'll celebrate at Christmas. This is an everyday thing that we need to realize and embrace that God is with us, and oftentimes when we we start to think about God being with us, we begin to think, kind of in our own Western Christianity of God being with us as all blessing. Oh, man, there's favor. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. What does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm doing good. Well, here's, here's what we think. We begin to, to kind of process the blessing of God as success. That if you are blessed, if God has his hand on your life, then everything you do is going to turn to gold. Everything you do is going to be successful and that means that, that stuff is gonna follow because success means opportunity and opportunity leads to bigger paychecks and bigger moments. And that leads to me being able to get more things that signify the success that I'm experiencing in my life. And that means that people are gonna love me and they're gonna want to be around me. They're gonna wanna be like me. They're gonna wanna know the secret to my success and it is the blessing of God. I mean, man, who wouldn't want that? Who wouldn't want the blessing and the favor of God to be on their life if that's what it looked like? But that's not always what we see the blessing of God look like in Scripture. We can go from the beginning to the end and see that the blessing and favor of God may look like suffering. It may look like shipwreck. It it may look like stoning and finding yourself in a pit or being betrayed by your best friends to sacrificing your life on a cross for someone else. And as we pick up Joseph's story, we see that the blessing of God that he is experiencing helps him through the times that he's beaten, thrown in a pit, he's sold, he's no longer a person, he's now considered property, he's bought by one trader, sold again, and bought by someone else. He finds himself a slave in a foreign country, all alone. I can't imagine that Joseph was feeling hashtag blessed. I can't imagine that's what he was feeling. But today we will see three things that are present in this story, in this moment as a slave that we need to be a part of our own story. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 39. We're going to talk about Potiphar's house. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for being with us. God, we thank you that your love always, always, always follows us with the intent of catching us, that you are always faithful in every moment, in every day, in every way. There is not a moment that you've thought about leaving us or abandoning us. And so, God, I pray that that truth would resonate deep in our hearts today. And as we spend time in your word, I pray that you would challenge us, you would convict us, you would encourage us this morning as we spend time together, that your word would give us life and hope, that we didn't have when we walked in. And Lord, I ask that you would anoint me as I communicate your word to your people. Help me to do it confidently and clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 39, we're picking up his story that started off in Genesis 37. When we left him, He was sold to some traders, and now here we see what happens next. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Now Potiphar was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. And Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. Three things that are present In this story as we walk it out today. The first thing is what our series is all about. It's divine presence. What we see in the beginning of this chapter is divine presence. Here it's stated very clearly. If you are wondering if God had left Joseph, if you're wondering if God had abandoned him into slavery, if you're wondering if he was supposed to take these next few steps by himself, we're told very early in this chapter that God was with Joseph. This wasn't based on Joseph's feelings. Did he feel like God was with him? This wasn't based on his location. He was in a foreign country. This wasn't based on his circumstance. He wasn't feeling very free living as a piece of property. This was all based on God. None of those things determine whether or not God is with us. God decides and determines that he is going to be with you. It's not based on circumstance. None of those things. God was with Joseph even though he was beaten even though his brothers betrayed him even though they threw him in a pit even though they wanted to kill him even though they sold him god was with him every step of the way unfavorable circumstances doesn't mean or don't mean that god isn't with you god is with you not just when things are great but he's with you even though even though no one thinks very highly of you right now even though at work you're the low man on the totem pole. Even though you may feel lost in this moment, that you have no purpose, that, that right now you feel like you're just spinning around in circles, you can't gain any traction, even though others get credit for what you do, God is with you. Even though you're hurting, he's with you. He's with you even though right now you feel like things possibly can't get worse. That you've experienced enough, you're at the bottom of your pit, the bottom of the barrel, the end of your rope, whatever cliche you want to say, things cannot get worse. God is with you, even though that may be how you feel today. I I want you to picture this because sometimes we, we feel like we know that this is true, but I want to show you just two simple spots where we can see and stand on God's word. If you flip back to the very first page of your Bible, you'll find that in the beginning, the earth was formless. It was shapeless. It was dark. There was chaos. Things were happening, and yet we see the presence of God was still there. And the presence of God was able to bring light to where there was dark and bring beauty out of the chaos in the beginning. There's another moment where Jesus is with his disciples, and they go on a nice little boat ride. And the boat ride with all of these disciples turns into a life-threatening storm that everyone panics. And they're afraid and they're wondering if they're going to survive. But Jesus was with them in the middle of the storm. And when he wakes up, he shows them that storms don't matter when he's in the boat. That if he's with you, there can be peace, there can be calm. He makes all the difference in the world because he is there. And so there might be chaos in your life. It may feel dark in this moment. There might be a storm that is raging all around you, but there is still his presence with you. You have not lost it. He has not went anywhere. He is still with you. If he could do it all the way back in the beginning, he can do it right now. He is with you. So don't let your circumstance change your character. The question really isn't in bad times, is God with you? But it's, are you still with him? He's determined to never leave you. Are you that determined to never leave him? We see that with Joseph, his his unfavorable circumstances reveal that God is with him. But here it's a little bit different. We notice here that someone else recognizes it. That the favor that was on Joseph, the blessing that he had, the presence of God being with him, was noticed by an outsider. It was noticed by his master. Now picture this, because Potiphar is not a follower of God. Potiphar is an Egyptian, and they had a lot of gods that they worshipped. But there was something different about this Hebrew slave that he had. That as he began to get closer and watch, he noticed that the God that he served was with him. And it caused things to happen. He began to notice something was different about his work ethic. That everything that Joseph began to do, God began to work through him. And it caught Potiphar's attention And it caused him to give him more responsibility and more opportunity. And as Joseph was faithful, his faithfulness led to more responsibility, not the other way around. You see, oftentimes we'll tell God that we can handle more, but yet we haven't shown that we'll be faithful with the small things. We'll be faithful with the tiny things, with the the beginning steps of what you're going to hand me. We want, if you just give me more, I can handle it. That's not what we see happening. Potiphar begins to notice small things. He begins to give Joseph things and then give him a little bit more. And he notices that God is with him. Watch what happens in verse four. This pleased Potiphar. So he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. And from the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything that he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what he was going to eat. Joseph, this is, this is a strange way to end this verse. Joseph was very handsome and a well-built young man. Comma. We'll get to the Comma. What's, what's crazy here is, as I was looking, or, or what's ironic, there's only one other person in the Old Testament that's kind of talked about in the same way that Joseph was, and that was his mom. He got his good looks from his mama. The two words that are describing Joseph describe his mom. Just fun things that you see. Here's the second thing, though. So we talked about Joseph's work ethic. We see the divine presence and Potiphar begins to take notice. The second thing that is present in Joseph's life in his story right now in this moment as a slave is diligent work. Can I put it to you in a different way? Because no one was really excited about work. I didn't get an amen on, digi- on diligent work. There wasn't a clap. Let me put it to you this way. Work is worship. You see, Joseph wasn't working for Potiphar He was working for his God. He was working. He knew that what he was doing was bigger than just the moment and just who was asking him to do what he was doing. So he began to get honor, give honor, and give glory to God. All that he was doing was for him. So stop sitting down at work. Start standing up and get busy. Start realizing that all that you're doing, if all of your life is for God, then so is the work that you're doing at your job. So is what you are doing. All of it, all of your time, your energy, your effort, your work, all of that should be for God. Because if the favor of God is in my life, then my faithfulness to God should also be in my life. I can't just ask for his favor and not honor him by being faithful with what he's giving me. Let me put it another way. Performance preaches. Your performance preaches. Joseph didn't have to share about who God was. That's not what we read a few moments ago. We read that Potiphar recognized his work ethic, his performance preached before he ever said a word. What he did, how he worked, how diligent he was. And I'll say it this way, that if God can make a slave successful, he can make you successful at your job. If he can work with someone who is treated like a piece of property, he can work with you no matter the spot that you're in right now at work. Your performance preaches, but you gotta give God something to work with. He can make something out of nothing, but why would we offer him nothing to work with? Your performance preaches. I mean, think about it this way. Shouldn't the world find its best and most trustworthy workers in this room? Shouldn't they find them in the church? Shouldn't they be hoping that someone walks in with an application or a resume and they somehow find out through their work ethic that they are a follower of God? Shouldn't that be how it is? Shouldn't the fact that when we are at work and what we do for work points people to Jesus that hopefully they will see something in us that would make them want to trust their life in Jesus' hands, shouldn't that be enough to make our work more than a paycheck? Performance preaches. Make the most of your moment. If your work is worship, are you taking advantage of the moments that you have to worship God at work? This is what Joseph does. Joseph doesn't get upset because he's a slave, because he used to be a son. He used to have status. He didn't get upset. He got to work. And he made the most of his moment. When I'm so upset about where I am, I miss what God can do in my moment. And when I get so frustrated that I begin to pray that God would get me out instead of God to use me, I miss what God can do with his redeeming power in my moments. To watch him use where I'm at to get me to where he wants me to be. Maybe this is where we learn how to be faithful when we're not seen. Maybe this is where we learn to be faithful with the few things that God puts in our hands so that we can be trusted with more because faithfulness in Potiphar's house paved the way for Joseph to be trusted in Pharaoh's palace. Who he was here made him who he was in Pharaoh's palace, but it wasn't easy. Diligent work wasn't all that he needed. He had divine presence. He had diligent work, but there was coming a wrench to his story. There was another twist, if there hasn't been enough already, that was showing up. Remember, we left out a comma, right? Joseph was handsome, and he was well-built. Ladies, he was fine. Single ladies are like, give me a Joseph right now. Hold out. Genesis 39, 7. Remember, he was fine, and Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He's held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around. When he came in to do his work, she came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from his house. Or from the house. What an incredibly challenging moment for Joseph. Joseph. And to survive this moment, this area, this temptation that was coming at him, he needed more than circumstantial faith. He needed determined faith. You see, because his circumstances kept changing. Joseph could never get his feet settled into what was going on in the moment. He went from being the favorite son to being a hated son, to being a beat-up son in the bottom of a pit, to being sold. And now he finds himself as a slave. And now there's this incredible temptation to dishonor God and disrespect his master that he finds himself at. But none of that changed his faith. His faith was not built on his circumstances. As we see this unfold, it seems that all that Joseph has been through, instead of making his faith shaky, it seemed to cement his faith. That by the time we get to this moment, he has a determined faith. Faith, no matter what comes at me, no matter who comes at me, no matter where I am, I choose to honor God. I choose to hold on to who he said I am, to the words that he gave me, the dreams that he gave me, the promises that he made to me. That's what I'm going to do with my life. His faith was determined. And even though he was faithful, temptation still came. It didn't make him an exemption or an exception to the rule. It actually put him right smack in the middle of it. So can I tell you, temptation is going to come. For Joseph, it was in the form of Potiphar's wife. For you, it may be something different, but it will always come. So can I encourage you today to get ready for it now? To have a faith that's determined to follow God no matter what is going to come at you, no matter what the circumstance brings, no matter what the temptation is in front of you, get ready for it now. Determine your response now so that there's no choice to be made later. See, some of us wait until we get into the middle of the temptation. Joseph's clothes were half off, right? His coat is gone, but he would already decided before that moment. Some of us wait until our clothes are half off, and then we ask God to get us out. How about decide before? How about make plans before? How about have a decisive and determined faith beforehand so that the choice is way easier to make when the time comes? You see, his determined faith fueled his response to the temptation. Let me give it to you in two simple things, or two ways. His response was twofold. Number one, it was very simple. This would be sin. Thank you, I'm going home. The second way he responded was practical. He avoided her at all cost. Sometimes we're upset because we feel like we're tempted all the time. Well, are you avoiding it? Do you walk past that person's desk that you know is catcalling at you every time you walk by? Sure looking good today. I I Damn, stop it. Do you walk in by them? Are you going to lunch with them? Are you entertaining the conversations? Are you texting them back and forth because it feels good to have someone look at you a certain way? Are you flirting with danger or are you avoiding it? Joseph's response was easy, simple, and practical. Call it what it is. This would be sin. This had more to do with his relationship with God than his relationship with his master. He brings him up and he says, man, I don't want to disrespect him, but I don't want to dishonor God. I don't want there to cause division between me and God. I don't want to put sin in between me and him. Who I am and what he's told me I can do is more important than what you're offering in this moment. Don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. Make a decision ahead of time, because when you are tempted, there will be voices battling for control. There will be voices trying to pull you in one direction or another, and those voices are some of the smoothest talking voices you will ever hear. Potiphar's wife did not stop. It said she came after him every day. A, a, a. and it'll happen with you don't make excuses see joseph could have easily said you know what i do deserve something for all that i've been through you know what this would be payback you know my master he he has been good to me but man i've been suffering i've been hurting i've been fighting for so long don't i get a break when do i get something can't i just feel good Joseph could have explained it all away. He could have justified it, but it always went back to the simple response. This is sin. But what if she just wanted me to sit down? She just wanted to talk. Where's it going to lead? But it's okay. We're just cuddling. We're not doing anything else. Where's it going to lead? But it's okay. We're we're just spending time. No one else is going to ever find out. I can keep this secret safe. Where's it going to lead? Are you resisting or are you setting yourself up for a fall? Wrong is wrong. Sin is sin. How I feel in the moment doesn't change what it actually is. And Joseph knew that. His faith was determined to not let him give up a lifetime for a moment. The enemy is patient. He's not going to give up. He's going to continue to look for opportunity. When you're at your weakest moment, that will be when the best opportunity to damage who you are will show up. If it takes him 10 years, Joseph was a slave for years. We read it in a moment and think, man, this was a day in his life. No, no, no. Remember, he was 17 when he got his dream and he was 30 when he walked into the palace as second in command. We see that 13 years, two extra years, he was in prison. So there were at least 11 years where he was a slave or in prison. This wasn't just an overnight thing. He didn't just have to say no one time. To say no over and over because the opportunity to destroy him, the enemy was waiting. He wanted to grab a hold of him and ruin all that God had planned for him if he could. So keep fighting. There will be moments that you feel like the fight is constant. Keep fighting, keep looking for God. He is still with you. Where do we start Joseph's story in Potiphar's house? We started with the fact that God was with him that the circumstances of him being a slave didn't mean that God was away from him. It actually meant that he was right there with him. God will give you strength. God will help you. And he'll help you decide in the moments when you have to stop resisting and start running. Because Joseph said, man, I don't know if I can take any more. Let me get out of the situation. Maybe that means a different job, a different friendship, a different relationship, whatever it may mean. There will be a point when maybe you have to decide that resisting isn't enough, it's time to run. Simple, practical. Because ultimately, the temptation in front of you isn't worth the price that you will pay for it. Ask Esau if his birthright was really worth a pot of beans. Determined faith will help you to trade short-term pain for long-term gain. Temptation will ask you to trade long-term gain or will actually ask you to trade your long-term gain for long-term pain. I want you to sacrifice the goals that God has had you, given you the dreams that he's placed in your heart and it will give you pain instead. You might get a little bit of pleasure out of it, The pain lasts way longer than the pleasure. Joseph could have traded it all away, but his determined faith helped him to make the right decision. And here's where we leave his story. As he runs away, Potiphar's wife decides to turn the tables on him. She convinces everyone that Joseph was the aggressor, not her. And when Potiphar comes home, he's angry. He grabs Joseph. He puts him in prison. And this is where my head hurts because Joseph did the right thing. Doing the right thing should make everything start to get better, but we don't see that in his story. In fact, it feels like, it looks like his story actually is getting worse. He doesn't get praised for avoiding Potiphar's wife. He gets punished for the lies that she told. He gets put in prison. And then as I step back, I said, well, he's in prison. Potiphar could have put him to death. And he could have put him in any prison, but he put him in the prison that's in the palace. And maybe this could be that God isn't punishing Joseph, that even though someone hoped to punish Joseph, that God was still protecting him. Because in verse 21, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. There will be moments that God's presence may not fill you in the in that moment but his faithful love may fill in the gaps that you're needing see did you see that there were two different things kim said that his presence was there and that God continued to show him his faithful love There will be moments when you hope that things start to get better, that you hope that it feels differently, that you find yourself sitting in a different circumstance. It may get worse before it gets better, but God will still be there and he will show you his faithful love. He will remind you that his love has every intention of overtaking you, of filling you, of changing you, of reminding you that you will never be alone. That's the goal. we may struggle with this because we thought it would be better. We thought that if God loved us, it would look a little bit different, but he's still working. He's still protecting you. He's still walking with you as he gets you to the place that he wants you to be. We can see, we can read ahead. You can read the rest of Genesis and find out that this place was actually right where God wanted him to be, to position him for the next moment in his life. Joseph couldn't have known other than the fact that God was still with him, that his faithful love was still present. So keep looking for God. Keep looking to him. Keep being faithful. Don't let your circumstance determine the amount of faith that you have. Have a decisive, a determined faith that says, no matter what, no matter where, no matter who comes against me, I'm going to honor God with my life. I'm going to give him everything that I have. I'm going to hold on to his promises, hold on to those dreams, hold on to the truths that he's spoken about you. You see, as we look at Joseph's life, it may not do this for you, but it gives me hope. It gives me hope that there can be a life lived with the presence of God. That no matter the trials, no matter the twists, no matter the steps that are taken, that God is very present. This isn't about trying harder or trying to be better. We know that doesn't work. We know that that's a frustrating way to live. But this is about inviting God into every day and every moment. This helps us to to see that we can give our lives to God. We can place them in his hand, that when we do that, he will walk every step of every day, of every moment with us. He has every intention of being with us, no intention of ever leaving us, every intention of making good on every word that he's spoken to you. He will be the constant when other things are not. Faith in him, decisive faith, determined faith, diligent work, divine presence. He is with us and he's for us. There's always hope if he's in the room. There's always an anchor that we can grab a hold of. See, everything may be trying to throw me right now. They might be trying to unsettle me, but I can hold on to this hope, to this anchor. Would you close your eyes with me today? In a moment, I'm just going to give you a minute or two to reflect on how you've been doing and following Jesus. Have you had faith like we see here with Joseph's story? A faith that hasn't wavered, a faith that has held on to God when everything was saying, let go, when there were things being offered that may have felt better in the moment, Have we been holding on? Have we been looking for our exit? Do we feel like we're not seen? That our circumstance, because it doesn't feel good, it means that God isn't with us. I want you to know this morning that God sees you and he cares about where you are right now. He cares so very much that he's with you in this moment because you're important to him. In his presence, he hopes to know, he, helps for, he hopes that you will know that he loves you, that there is hope because he's with you, that right now isn't the end, it's just a part, it's just a comma. Your story is a part of his story. He has every intention of getting you to right where you need to be. He's so committed to your story that he sent his son so that we could be a part of his story. He sent Jesus for you and for me to rescue us from the sin that we found ourselves trapped in, the sin that robbed us of hope, of life, of any chance of really, truly living. He sent Jesus and he came and he took my place and he took your place. And he took all of our sin and he bore that on the cross as he gave his life for me and for you. And three days later, the power of the Holy Spirit resurrects Jesus. He walks out of the tomb to show us that there is hope, that there is life, that there is redemption, that there is nothing dead and dormant when he is involved, that he can bring life to every moment, every circumstance. So as the worship team sings, Just wanna give you a moment to reflect. Where do you need to invite God in? Do you need to admit to him that you've been looking at other things instead of him? Do you need to ask him to show you his faithful love? Maybe you need to feel it today. Maybe you need to ask him to help you to remember that work is worship that people can come to know God because of how you work, because your performance preaches. Maybe you need to invite him in and give him control of your heart and your life. You can do that too. Let these next few minutes be between you and God. prayers that this message impacted you. Please share your story and partner with us financially at newvisiongrandview.com.